Hello listeners and welcome to another State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your host, Stephen Payton. The date is Friday the 28th of May 2021. Let's get into it. Kicking things off this week, Nicola Sturgeon has announced to the Scottish Parliament that a second referendum will take place during this parliamentary term. The First Minister gave a statement to MSPs on the government's priorities over the next 100 days, with a focus on dealing with the pandemic, which, as I've said before, is fair enough. However, she did go on to make clear that once the crisis has passed, the question of independence must be put back to the people of Scotland once again. Sturgeon went on to say there can be no justification for the UK government seeking to block that mandate. To do so would suggest that the Tories no longer consider the UK to be a voluntary union of nations, and it would be profoundly undemocratic. Of course, the Tories aren't particularly interested in democracy though, are they? Boris Johnson's right-wing administration that we're all stuck under are in the process of introducing a bill that would require voters to show photo ID before getting to cast a ballot in UK elections, a move that has repeatedly been shown to be a form of voter suppression that disproportionately affects folk from poorer or more marginalised backgrounds. In other words, not Tory voters. And yeah, the pandemic does have to be dealt with seriously before we move ahead with a second referendum, but urgency still remains all the same. In his column for The National this week, Scottish Greens co-leader Patrick Harvey pointed out that the UK government seem intent on generating constitutional problems for Scotland and is increasingly bypassing Holyrood to act in devolved matters. So no, the Tories don't much care for democracy. And that's all the more reason to leave this increasingly extreme little union. And speaking of the Scottish Greens, there has been some interesting discussions in the Scottish Parliament over a more formal governmental agreement between the party and the SNP, with the Greens set to potentially join the administration in one form or another, and creating a pro-independence majority government. A coalition has been ruled out, however, this could be the first step toward a more formal relationship being established. The First Minister noted that talks were moving forward into a more structured phase supported by the civil service to potentially reach a formal cooperation agreement, though there's no real idea of what that would look like yet. Personally, I'm unsure of how this could play out for either side. The Greens in government would possibly lead to more radical policies around climate, housing and taxation than the SNP would have been willing to take on alone. But equally, the Greens could end up being left looking like sellouts if they don't grasp the thistle, so to speak. What I can say, with any degree of confidence though, is that the announcement has driven the Tories absolutely frothing wild, and that in itself is maybe enough. In fact, since the election in general, the UK government and the various institutions that support its drive to save the union at any cost have gone into overdrive with anti-independence rhetoric and scheming. Even the supposedly neutral, but not actually, parasitical royal family are getting in on the action. A decision for the Queen to lead on a royal charm offensive is being quietly backed by Downing Street, according to reports. Prince William claimed that Scotland had a special place in his heart. I have a special place for you too, William, but I doubt you'd like it. William was addressing the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland in Edinburgh as part of a week-long tour about Scotland to remind everyone how much they dislike the royals, and during a pandemic, no less. Okay, so, something about William's words really rubbed me the wrong way, personally. 
Talking about how he'd been dotting about the country, the prince, the prince, honestly, what century is this? The prince tacked on at the end that Scotland is incredibly important to me and will always have a special place in my heart. A seemingly pleasant statement, but look below the surface and you will find the kind of entitlement that thinks Scots should continue to be poorly represented at a UK level and dragged along with the whims of Westminster against their will, all because this man just likes to visit his Scottish castles from time to time. It just reinforces the idea that Scotland is a play park for the rich. They should just keep its voice down, lest it disturb their peace. No thanks. This royal intervention is just one part of the coming campaign to persuade Scots to stay, though a wee part of it backfired this week when food charity Mary's Meals told the UK government to stop using them in their pro-UK propaganda. UK government social media channels had been using an interview with a staff member as part of their pro-union messaging, prompting the charity to remind them that they are politically neutral and to stop dragging them into its campaign against independence. That is awkward. Maybe they should have asked beforehand, but that's not really how the UK does it, is it? But for all the relentless messaging around why Scots should turn away from independence, I'll tell you one place that you won't have to listen to it, and that's on Better Together's website. Yes, the old pro-UK campaign's website has been hijacked by a pro-independence campaigner after the domain expired and appropriately changed up. While the branding remains the same, following old links posted by the No campaign in 2014 will likely now take you to a 404 page which notes that, much like the case for Scotland and the UK, this page is missing. And finally, this week, the pro-independence group Believe in Scotland will be holding a massive day of campaigning following a successful crowdfunding campaign in the near future. The cash will be going to a day of action across Scotland. However, with the pandemic happening, a formal date has not yet been set, but the organisers are hoping to get moving quickly after the end of lockdown. More information on that in the future. But... That does bring us to an end this week. So, with all that said, where does that leave the State of the Union? About as popular as Britain's entry to Eurovision. Nil pois, UK. Nil pois. See you all again next Friday.